Hi, this is Cole Moon. And Beth Moon. And welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Sydney, and I will be concluding my Disney Attractions Boat Ride series with the Disney World Magic Kingdom Splash Mountain. That's right. What? We're done already? Yeah. This is Randy, and I will be concluding my Beach Party Movie series with the 1987 classic, Back to the Beach. So we're concluding our summer series today. Uh, next week we'll pick up with fall. So that's very fun. Hopefully we'll have some fall temperatures too. That'd be nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of fall temperatures, what holiday happenings do we have this week? Well, Dunkin' Donuts finally came out with all their pumpkin and pumpkin spice stuff. So I went and I got a one of their signature iced pumpkin spice latte drinks and some pumpkin donuts. The pumpkin donuts were delicious as usual. And I really like their signature pumpkin spice latte drink. I never had it iced, so I was a little um, apprehensive about that. And I've never had it from Dunkin' either, so... But it was really good. I'm waiting for Starbucks to have their pumpkin spice stuff to see what I think about their iced right. spice latte. So either this week or next week, Starbucks should do theirs. Right. I think the rumor is next week, right? I think so too, yeah. Like late, late August. Yeah. So the other thing, we've seen uh, signs of Halloween... Uh, show up in Target and Walmart, both. Spooky signs in the shadows. <laughs> in the shadows. Lurking. Target now, as of yesterday, has uh, their section where they will put their Halloween stuff cleared out, and they started to put a few things in as they cleared out, and they still have like the back-to-school section that's kind of now getting smaller, mm-hmm. and then, then they have their um, summer, like, outdoorsy kind of section hoses and stuff like that that's getting smaller smaller as well and i went today and they were starting to put more stuff in i didn't see a ton of halloween stuff but in general i saw fall stuff like um pumpkin flavored taffy and um they had this pumpkin pie shaped marshmallows so yeah they're going out all fall and halloween fun that's fun i am still preparing for my disney trip which is two weeks out now uh two weeks out we will be at one of the parks, I believe Magic Kingdom. Awesome. Two weeks exactly. So should be a day, the day before this podcast comes out. Yep. We will have gone to our first park and hopefully be at Hollywood Studios enjoying Star Wars Land and the new ride there. Well, relatively new ride there. Uh, something that was exciting that I wasn't sure would be happening this year is normally every year Disney has the International Food and Wine Festival. But with COVID and social distancing, I wasn't sure what they were doing. But it looks like they're doing something called Taste of Epcot, which is kind of a, I guess, a smaller version of right, Food, food and Wine Festival. Yeah. Right. Uh, but they still have all their different booths, islands of the Caribbean, along with different eats from the lands in sample sizes. Uh, China, Mexico, Canada... And Italy, but they also have some of the other lands, uh, which I'm excited to see, which aren't lands of Epcot, uh, but will have little booths like Brazil and Africa. Hawaii. And Hawaii. Uh, And they have things like the Shimmering Sips Mimosa Bar, Earth Eats, and the Funnel Cake Stand. That's one of my favorites. The Appleseed Orchard (laughs) is also a good place. We've we've enjoyed that, too. Mm -hmm. And desserts and champagne booths as well. (laughs) Yep. For uh, if you want to end your night in a classy way, 
Right. I like Belgium. Do they have their? Do they have Belgium there? They don't have Belgium this year. Because they usually their Belgian waffles are incredible. Yes. 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 I know that for us, uh, I think the two big ones are the Belgian waffles and uh, the Canada from their restaurant La Cilier, the filet mignon with yep. truffle butter sauce, yep. which is <laughs> unreal. So good. How good it is! It is. So good. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. We went back for seconds last year. Yeah, and uh, that was even in the heat. And I don't yeah, that was... in the heat. It's so good. Yep, uh, and then Beth and I have been continuing watching some older movies. Uh, this week we watched a movie called Life with Father that Beth wasn't too thrilled about. It was a 1947 movie about uh, basically a man with his family, and the, as the kids are growing up, him having to deal with change, basically. And he's, he wasn't great at dealing with change in his life. So Beth did not like that one as much. It was fine. And then we also watched a Bob Hope movie called The Ghost Breakers from 1940, which was just a silly movie. He's a radio broadcaster. He and his manservant and this heiress investigate the mystery of a haunted castle in Cuba. That one was actually not as... I mean, it's silly, but it's not yeah. as silly. <laughs> All those Cuban castles... That yep. we know of. The third one we watched was The Road to Morocco. Yes. Which was yes, Bob The Road Hope to Morocco. Band. Yeah, yeah. Bob I Hope love and that. Yeah. Bob Hope and Bing, so Bing Crosby. Obviously, Bing Crosby. two huge uh, Christmas icons. Yes. Yeah. And the, just the comedy and the lines. Yes. Anytime Bob Hope's in a movie, it almost sounds like he makes some yeah, stuff up. Yeah, I think he does. Under yes. his breath. And, yeah. and it's just so funny. Yeah, and a lot of it's breaking the fourth wall. I mean, they talk to the audience <laughs> and they make. Current day jokes, and yeah, so yeah. it's just funny. So going back to Magic Kingdom, I am concluding my Disney attraction boat rides with the Disney World's Magic Kingdom Splash Mountain. So um, I was considering just um, ending my series with last week's Liberty Bell, mm-hmm. but then I realized that I hadn't covered a very obvious Disney Water boat ride. ride. Yeah. yeah. Not quite the like slow ride that well I guess it is. It still, is until it goes until down. it's the drop. Yeah. Yeah. Not what I think of as like an iconic dark ride though. No, no. So Splash Mountain is a log flume at Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, and Tokyo Disneyland. A log flume is basically a water log ride. So I mean I, I was curious about that, but when I looked it up it's like, oh okay, well it's very literal. And its ride is based on the character stories and songs from the animated sequences of the 1946 Disney film Song of the South. Although there are um, variations in the story and features between the three locations, each installation begins with a peaceful outdoor float through that leads to an indoor dark ride segment with a climactic steep drop into a briar patch followed by an indoor finale. The duration in Disneyland is 9 minutes and 18 seconds. In Magic Kingdom, it is 11 minutes and 45 seconds. And in Tokyo Disneyland, it is 10 minutes. Really? Normally, uh, I feel like we get gypped in Disney World. (laughs) Because the other ones are longer, but Splash Mountain, not one of my favorite rides. Mm -hmm. Happens to be longer for Disney. Yeah. Um, The number of drops, so there are three in Disneyland. Five in Magic Kingdom and four in Tokyo Disneyland. Wow, there's five? It's been a while since I've been on that yeah. ride. Yes. Yeah. Which we'll get to in a little yeah, bit. Wow. <laughs> so a little bit of history. Splash Mountain was originally conceived in the summer of 1983 by Imagineer Tony Baxter, 
while stuck in rush hour traffic on his way to work. He wanted to attract guests to the often empty Bear Country Land in Disneyland, where the only attractions were the Country Bear Jamboree mm -hmm. and the auto animatronics from American Sings, which were all poorly attended. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Country Bear <laughs> Jamboree? <laughs> Apparently the one in Disneyland closed in 2001. Oh yeah, we, uh, no fear for those who loved it. Um, Disney World still has it. That being the Country Bear Jamboree. Yes. Yeah. It was Dick Nunes who insisted that the Imagineers create a log flume for Disneyland, but the Imagineers were initially unenthusiastic about it, insisting that log flumes were a too ordinary theme park attraction to include in a Disneyland park. Mm -hmm. While trying to solve the problems of including a log flume. Bringing people into bear country and reusing the American Sings characters, Baxter thought of the Song of the South. Construction began at Disneyland in April 1987. By that time, Splash Mountain, whose budget had risen greatly to $75 million, had become one of the most expensive projects created by Walt Disney Imagineering. The entire park cost around 17 million to build in 1955, which translates to around 80 million in 1987. What? So, Splash Mountain with inflation was only like four or five million less than the rest of the park? Yes. That's how big it got. That's, That's crazy. crazy. And this is with using the animatronics from American Sings. So they, they closed American Sings, picked up the animatronics, and took it over to Splash Mountain and use them. Sydney is making little bouncing gestures. With her hands. <laughs> She's lifting things She's up. Lifting up and making little bouncing over to, yeah. Yes. Although, as time went on, they narrowed down what animatronics needed to be used and how they wanted to use them. So originally they just kind of threw them in and uh, over time they um, corrected um, as time went on. Baxter and his team developed the concept of Zippity River Run which would incorporate the scenes from Song of the South. So, so Zippity River Run was the original name for Splash Mountain. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. The name was later changed to Splash Mountain after then CEO... Michael Eisner said, let's, let's advertise the movie Splash yes. by having the name of this place focus on that. Right. Right, so yes. that's how it became Splash Mountain. Nobody else thought that was a good idea. Right. But he did, he, that's what his decision yeah. was to do it anyways. Yeah. I mean, apart from the splash, there's no connection. There's no, there's literally not. <laughs> no. Like, just the word. No, exactly. Yes, just the word. <laughs> exactly. The planned grant opening on July 17, 1989, could not be met. Okay, so you know how we learned recently that the ride like stalled or like a boat sank and people had to get out. Yeah. So apparently, early riders made up of company executives were getting soaked rather than lightly sprayed. So the ride opening date had to be delayed for months so that the boats could be redesigned to hold fewer passengers to build the boats lighter and to redesign the bottom and bow to make them less likely to splash so much water aboard. Oh, well, I, less I applaud them. Yes. <laughs> In 1991, construction began for the Splash Mountain attraction at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom and Tokyo Disneyland. On July 17, 1992, soft openings began at the Magic Kingdom, which soft openings is like Disney's thing. Like, they do it quite often. 
So what is a soft opening? So it's not an official like um, opening where they tell a bunch of people. It's like they oh, it's open just it they open not, it and and they kind of gauge people's reactions. And if people figure it. out that it's open, they'll go into it. Right. Okay. Right. That's interesting that Disney does that. Yeah. The two Splash Mountains officially opened within a day of each other in October 1992, with Magic Kingdom opening on October 2nd and Tokyo Disneyland opening on October 1st. A version of the attraction was planned for Disneyland Paris, but was scrapped due to budget reasons and the colder weather in Europe. On June 25th, 2020, it was announced by Disney that both the Disneyland and Magic Kingdom attractions of the Splash Mountain would be rethemed based on the 2009 film, The Princess and the Frog. Disney stated that the development of the project began in 2019. The project will be led by Walt Disney Imagineer Senior Creative Producer. Quite, you know, quite a title. Oh my goodness, I know. These um, names. Sharita Carter with Baxter returning as a creative advisor. A spokeswoman said that there are no plans to redesign the attraction at Tokyo Disneyland, although the Oriental Land Company, which operates Tokyo Disney Resort, is currently engaged in discussions on whether or not to change the attraction. So, what do you all think of Splash Mountain, or what are your memories of Splash Mountain? Okay, normally, uh, me, not being the hot weather person, Beth. Yeah, Beth, thank you. I actually, when you guys were younger, we went on it quite a bit. I have a lot of photos of us wet, just sopping oh, wet. Oh, sopping wet, yes. Yes. So we went on it when you guys were younger. As you got older, I guess less interest in getting soaking wet. So <laughs> I, I guess they really didn't completely fix that it should be a light splash problem. Because <laughs> I also we remember getting soaked. Yeah, I mean, literally pictures. Okay, so here's a funny story. We were at Magic Kingdom with the Kincaids. And this is, I think, the last time I was on Splash Mountain. I think it was the last time yeah. I so was, too. But many years, several years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Cindy and I decided that we would go on Splash Mountain with Holly and Mike. <laughs> now, Holly and Mike are both tall. Holly's like, I don't know, 5'10", Mike's 6'4", something like that. Like, tall. Cindy and I, small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go through, you know, height and for us, but it was small. So we got there, and Mike and Holly were seated in the first row. Well, they were they were queued up to be seated in the first row. Yeah, they were row. queued up, right in the first row, and Sydney and I were in the second row. So I was like, sweet, Holly and Mike will get splashed. <laughs> They'll get all wet, and Sydney and I are good. As we're getting in, I'm watching this boy from behind me, this like 10-year-old boy from behind me, and Mike and Holly switched places. And I'm like, what are you doing? She, they were like, oh, we thought he'd like to be in the front. <laughs> we were like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> One of the reasons we're here is because we want to be behind you. So they were behind us. They were behind us, which didn't give them a lot of protection. No. So we ended up getting really wet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the last time we've been on there. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it just occurred to me that right now, everybody on the rides are wearing masks. And a lot of people wear fabric masks, so <laughs> there's got to yeah. be some way to kind of keep from getting waterboarded as you uh, as you go down well, the flume. If it's wet, that'll be a nice, cool mask right. for your That's face. True. Right, well, and you can also pass out from not being able to breathe through <laughs> yeah. it. But I think you were saying, Mom, that 
people who are bringing multiple masks or you're right yeah, yeah they suggested bringing bring multiple, multiple masks, masks. Yeah, the day. that's probably a good idea one especially if, your mask might go flying off if you're on big thunder mountain or something right. right so and they sell masks there too you can always buy one. Oh yeah right i would suggest bringing your own those are going to be expensive <laughs> at re- reasonable disney prices right. and you could just get like buy a bunch of those paper masks mm-hmm. just stick a like four or five in your pocket and there's one Gets all wet or whatever, toss it, and then you. Well, I mean, on Splash it. Mountain, all of them might get wet if they're just in your pocket. You put them in oh, a little um, a baggie. baggie, Ziploc baggie. Yeah. Uh, it's That's funny true. because I remember Splash Mountain a little bit from when I was a kid, a little better because I think that I skipped it through most of my, pretty much all of my teenage yeah, years. Yeah, you guys weren't interested, so I you didn't go. I've been a few times. I was several times when I was little, mm-hmm. maybe once as an adult. Right. And I just skipped it as a teenager. Yeah. Because it was not a ride that... It's one of those things that it was so much, like, work to get unwet. Yes. Right. That exactly. it was something I wasn't really interested in. It's a fun ride. It's a fun going through. It's just yeah. the big wet part at the end. Yeah. That I don't want to get out. You have to really and, like. Yeah. Right. It's just an inconvenience. Because I always wear... I don't usually wear, like, sandals or flip-flops when I go to Disney World. I usually wear shoes, and I don't like my socks getting wet. And so. they will, yeah. And they will. Yeah, the ride itself, before you get to the big hill, has a lot of audio animatronics in it. So it is yes. interesting from that. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of the, the fun music. Um, right. It kind of reminds me of Winnie the Pooh in that way. Yeah. Like, it's little character or, scenes. Right, or pirates. I mean, there's just a lot of scenes with a lot of audio animatronics. The splash itself um, is not great. I mean, the going down is great. People love it. People are screaming <laughs> when you get fun. When you get to the bottom and you're soaked, if you don't like to be wet... Then make it your last ride of the day or ride before you go back to get new clothes on. Yeah, I guess. Or or just be, yeah, you're going to dry out. It's probably why a lot of people are happy to do it in the right. middle of summer. Yeah. Right. So, in June 2020, it was announced that the U.S. versions of the ride would be reimagined with a theme based on the 2009 film The Princess and the Frog. So, um, we like this movie. So, what are your thoughts on that? So you mentioned that we like the movie, and I really do like that movie. So um, I'm all for the change. I'm, it's yeah. kind of interesting how the it'll be interesting to see how they fit it in. Like, will it concept, still be a log flume ride? Yeah, it will be. But like the way they have the concept art um, that they've shown, you kind of wonder uh, how they're going to fit it in. And it sounds like it happens after the end of the movie. Which is also kind of interesting. So, that, you know, they're good at what they do. You know, we yeah. didn't like Maelstrom going away, but the Disney um, Frozen Ever After ride is a good ride if it didn't, you know, replace Maelstrom. So I'm sure that they'll do a great job. Um, I also kind of wish there was a plan to do a Disney restaurant after the restaurant from the movie. I think that's been put on hold right now, but I really oh. wish that there would be a restaurant there. Connected yeah. to Splash Mountain, associated with the movie as well. New Orleans, with, uh, New Orleans kind of, yes. with the yeah. princess and the frog. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that would be Tina's place or something. like Yes, that. right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Princess and the Frog is one of my favorite of the Disney animated movies. I think Tiana's my favorite Disney princess, so I'm very excited for it. It's one of the things that I never grew up watching Song of the South, so it's it was a ride that kind of character or story draw was not enough. To make me want to go on it. Right. If it was a long flume ride that was like maybe a Winnie the Pooh right. log flume ride, that I would be more inclined to go on it. Right. But because I didn't really have any connection to the story, uh, and because we've been to Disney so much, we know that 
change happens a lot. Rides get rebranded a lot. Even right. uh, sometimes a ride will go away and the space will get repurposed for something that's not even a ride. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're pretty used to change. And in this case, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, so I, I agree with of what you said. I agree, Cole. It was always just kind of there. Yeah. The the main thing for us It was, was the thing that we walked by on our way to Thunder Mountain. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that change. The ride right now starts um, kind of in a bayou, and um, I'm really looking forward to... I, I can see how it can easily be translated into Princess and the Frog. Right, the right. bayou. Right. Like you think, yeah. Exactly. And kind of um, kind of like Princess and the Frog, it doesn't, the current Splash Mountain doesn't tell the entire story, just kind of has the Briar Rabbit part. Again, looking forward to um, not the ride necessarily retelling the movie, but to... Um, Some add, kind of little anecdote about the movie or whatever. Yeah, just add something little so that when people go on it and maybe they haven't watched the movie, they're like, oh, I definitely want to watch this so that, you know, go back and watch that. Right. Or even people who love the movie, you know, it's, it's something yeah. new and fun for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. No idea when that it's going to open or be there or anything because it's just kind of, I think, being talked about and thought kind of, about. Kind of floating around right now. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard some that it's going to be a while because the way they built those rides back then is they used a lot of concrete. So to undo that uh, is very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, so, that makes sense, yeah. And they're not just going to form fit it right into the ride. They have to do some structural changes. So they said it's going to take a while mm-hmm. rather than just jam something in there. Right. So kind of like they did with Frozen Ever After and Maelstrom. They took some time to mm-hmm. generally going to follow the, the same pattern, but not exactly. Yeah. So. And with COVID, with yes. it, what it is now, yeah, it's going to take even longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah slow down a lot of construction there. So Yeah. Well, I am also ending my summer series as we get closer to fall. Uh, my summer series was the Beach Party Movie Series that actually started with Gidget. Today's topic is the 12th Beach Party Movie that I will have covered. This is the first one that wow. wasn't in the 60s, though. What? This is in 1987. It, it missed a whole decade. Wow. Yep. Skipped. Right? Yep. <laughs> Almost two. <laughs> and it's called Back to the Beach. It does star Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. So they are back, uh, much older, and they now have kids that are close to the age they were when they started these movies out. Uh, movie age. Their daughter not, is. Not actual age, yeah. 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 So um, this movie, Back to the Beach, uh, was produced and released in 1987, and it went a little something like this. In the opening scene, Bobby, a 14-year-old punk kid wearing black leather clothing, narrates the story about his parents. His father, Frankie... Avalon is known as the Big Kahuna, a professional surfer from Southern California who was also a teen idol and pop singer in the 1960s. His mother, Annette, played by Annette Funicello, is a former Mouseketeer. So it's funny they actually brought that into the you know, into the storyline. That's funny. Because she was a Mouseketeer. On the original Mickey Mouse Club TV series, who met and got married to Frankie and moved to Ohio. Oh, why? <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> Bobby is constantly in the throes of teenage rebellion against his square parents. Bobby's father, which is funny because they were like always the cool kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now they're square. Bobby's father, Frankie, though he is never called by that name in the movie. So I'll talk to you about that after the plot. His father works and is currently stressed out as a car salesman, having left the surf scene in California. And Annette bottles her own sense of angst up in a bevy of shopping. So she often shops. One day, the family decides to take an early spring vacation to Hawaii, deciding to stop in Los Angeles 
to visit their 20-year-old daughter, Sandy, who's played by Lori Loughlin, who's in the midst of that whole, yeah, whole yeah, prison now thing the, right yeah, now. The scandal. Yep. The, the college wasn't going to mention yep. that. But, yeah. uh, yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> to see her. She was so young. Yep. So after arriving at LAX, they drive past their old beach to the pier where Sandy lived in an apartment above a bait shop. Sandy hasn't told her parents that she has a boyfriend, um, a local surfer named Michael, and only learns that her parents are arriving after hearing a phone message saying that they're on their way. When she sees them approaching, Sandy throws all of Michael's clothes out the window and into the ocean, because that's where they live on this pier, (laughs) uh, along with his surfboard, and then with Michael himself. (laughs) So Frankie, Annette, and Bobby know right away that uh, Sandy has a boyfriend. So Frankie drags Bobby with him to find the surf bum, while Annette stays behind to comfort Sandy, who confides in her about Michael and them seeing each other for the past several months. To comfort her, Annette offers to take Sandy out shopping, which is a theme. (laughs) On the beach, while looking for the surf bum, Frankie accidentally knocks over a row of surfboards, of course. Of course, yeah. A long row of surfboards. Surfboards are like motorcycles in front of bars yes. and or bookshelves yes. in movies. They they them up like they're them. stacked. <laughs> you have to knock all of them That's over. Right. And all of them have to, in comedic fashion, do, 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 exactly. do, 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 do. Yep. So the surfboards belong to a punk surf gang led by Zed, who takes a liking to the smooth-talking Bobby, but a disliking to Frankie, whom he insults uh, with saying that his uh, hairstyle is retro and calls it a hair helmet. (laughs) Frankie is not intimidated by Zed and his gang's implied threats and walks away. Well, I mean, he had to deal with Eric Von Zipper. I know. I was was kind of hoping that maybe he was Eric Von Zipper's son. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Oh, is there not Eric Von Zipper? No. No, Oh, that's so disappointing. Zed, uh, the punk Zed. And his gang is the uh, now taken over. That would have been Eric. such a uh, a good reveal yeah. to just right. have Eric Von Zipper come in for like a scene, like a thirty yeah. second scene, just to say that he's his dad. He might have passed away by this time. This is twenty years later. Oh. On his way back, he knocks over the surfboards again. That evening, the family passes by a beachfront club called Daddy O's, where Sandy works as a waitress. So they drop her off at work there. And that sees an advertising poster of Dick Dale and the Deltones which is the same detail from the original movies, yep. uh, still appearing after 25 years and wants to go inside. But Frankie refuses, for they have to make their connecting flight to Hawaii, but then he decides to go in anyways after her. Just as Frankie starts to drive Annette away to get back to the car, they have a run-in with Connie, who's played by Connie Stevens, the owner of the club and one of Frankie's old love interests. So suddenly Frankie is interested in staying so Annette is hardly able to hide her jealousy when Connie insists that Frankie get up on stage with Dick Dale to sing a song. Frankie, wanting to relive his musical days, does so and sings a duet with Connie and Dick Dale and his band with his version of California Sun. After the musical is over, an angry, jealous Annette tells Frankie that they just missed her plane and Frankie just says, well, you know, he's going to stay and hang out. So now, switching scenes back to Sandy's apartment... Michael shows up, Michael's the boyfriend, remember, shows up wanting to spend more time with her, but Sandy tells him about her parents' argument that her mother will be staying with her for a few days, which begins another argument between Michael and Sandy, and Michael walks out. So as Annette tries to comfort Sandy over her problems with Michael, she comes up with an idea 
to throw a pajama party. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so Sandy and all of her girlfriends show up, and they start having this pajama party, which, of course, is mostly singing and dancing. The pajama party is briefly interrupted when several punk surfers from Zed's gang crash the party, but Annette, along with the girls, team up to drive them away. Meanwhile, a distraught Frankie is back at Daddy O's, drinking and rambling on to Connie, as well as a familiar-looking bartender, Bob Denver, who was Gilligan on Gilligan's Island, <laughs> about his failed life and crumbling marriage. Next morning, Frankie wakes up on the floor of a loft surrounded by several young men who are surfers and who live together with the leader, whose name is Mountain, played by David Bowie. I don't know if you caught that during the movie or not. I did not. <laughs> And uh, so they get excited because they're going to go run and catch the waves. Michael is part of that group. So he stays behind, hangs out with Frankie, and then Frankie gets to know him and realizes he's a nice guy. So some different things, you know, typical scenes. There's singing, there's dancing, there's misunderstandings. Annette gets a chance to sing a version of Jamaica Sky. There's another song with guest star Stevie Ray Vaughan, famous guitarist, plays with Dick Dale. And they uh, decide at some point... Um, amongst them to have a big luau-themed beach party, of course. Um, well, I mean, you have to. Right. right. Like it's At one point during the beach spring. party, P.B. Herman shows up, played yeah. by Paul Rubens. Yep. He sings this flashy version of Surfing Bird, and while the whole party's dancing, he literally takes off on a surfboard and vanishes in the sky. Uh, all right. <laughs> yep. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's not Martians, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. So no, no Martians. Or a bikini machine. Right. <laughs> nope. As the beach party winds down, Frankie finally tells the attendees about his surf accident that drove him to move away from California and live in Ohio. He explains that 20 years ago, when he went surfing one day, he encountered a huge wave from Australia. Yamungo? Something like that? There's some like, kind remember. of name with it. Yeah. And the wave was so big, it knocked him off his surfboard, landed him in the hospital, and that's why he never surfed again. And then as he's finishing up his story, the surf punks... Crash the beach party by showing up on these four-wheel beach rivers. Bobby, their son, is now with the surf punks and sporting a multicolored mohawk hairstyle, having joined their gang. A full-out gang fight between Zed and the punks and Mountain and Beach Bums is avoided when Frankie steps in and argues, let's settle this the old-fashioned way. A surfing competition. Of course. <laughs> for the rights of the beach. Whoever wins, wins the beach. So each gang will pick their best surfer to compete against the other. The punk gang's leader, Zed, picks himself, while Michael volunteers to represent the surf bums. Only Frankie accidentally drops a bongo drum on Michael's foot, breaking it. Mike, <laughs> yes. Frankie. Frankie, good job. The next day in the big surf competition, with Michael unable to surf, Frankie volunteers to surf using his old surfboard. Which is much larger than the yeah, than it's the old-fashioned heavy, large. You know, yes. the newer surfboards are light because they're made out of composite materials. They have two judges that'll judge the surfing, played by Tony Dow and Jerry Mathers from Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, it's the two Leave It to Beaver sons. It's the Beaver and his brother, older brother Wally, and the lady who plays their mother is the announcer. So yeah, it was kind of funny. So it's a them. real uh, cameo yeah. from yeah. Uh, the cast exactly. of Leave It to Beaver. And the Gilligan's Island folks are there. Folks from Leave It to Beaver. They had the guy who played Get Smart there. So it's kind of yeah. funny. So they have the two judges. Zed goes out first. And he does an impressive surfing on one big wave. Then it's Frankie's turn. And history repeats itself. 
when the humongous wave from Australia shows up again. So, you know, the shark movies where the shark like follows the family to some other part of the world. Yeah. yeah. This surf wave follows him back to California and yeah. shows up and appears once again. I think that movie that you're thinking of is Jaws 4, <laughs> yeah. The Revenge. Yes. So um, even Zed flees the water when he sees this huge wave coming. <laughs> and he's yelling for Frankie to get out of the water too. But Frankie overcomes his fear and becomes the big kahuna once again. And he surfs the wave, winning the contest and proving that he is still the king of the surf. And doing silly things at the same time. Wasn't that oh where he was, was... It was it was so ridiculous. It was, it's it such was, a bad green screen. Where he was so like funny. He was like um, serving tea while he was like on the... His weight was so big. He was like just doing oh my stupid gosh. things. Just not yeah. a dignified way to... <laughs> no, it's yeah. just silly. It's what yes. they do. Yeah, they either have a really close picture of him where there's a green screen or a very far away him. picture where there's some guy on a, on a yeah. wave, basically. <laughs> and nothing in between. Uh, so in the final scene... Frankie and Nett, along with Sandy and Michael, are back at Daddy O's to celebrate their victory, where Sandy and Michael announce their engagement and a plan to have a wedding at Christmas. Bobby, finding new respect for his father, sheds his black leather fatigues and adopts his father's hair helmet style and clothing in a total makeover himself. And the whole cast gets up and sings the final song, We'll Go On Forever. Yay! So here's some trivia from the movie. So I mentioned earlier that Frankie's character is never called Frankie. So throughout the movie, he's only referred to as the Big Kahuna. And the running joke is nobody can never remember what to call him in the movie. They get it wrong all the time. He's listed actually as Annette's husband in the credits. So even in the credits, he's not mentioned as Frankie. Because of legal issues with the films from the 1960s, they couldn't get the rights to call him Frankie, nor Annette uh, Dee Dee. Because she was Dee Dee in the movie, he's not Annette. Yeah. Uh, so they actually switched her name completely. And Big Kahuna was actually a character from Gidget, not from this line of Yeah, that's what movies. I was thinking. Yeah. That's interesting that they, they couldn't even use his name. Nope. Interesting. Nope. Uh, as I mentioned, the legendary guitarist Dick Dale and Stevie Ray Vaughan appear in a scene performing Pipeline by the Chantals. And that, in the beginning of the film, she's at her home, she opens a kitchen cabinet door and replaces two jars of peanut butter on a shelf filled with nothing but Skippy peanut butter. Like, there's just rows of Skippy peanut butter in her closet. And that Funicello was a star of several television commercials for Skippy peanut butter at the time. It's so funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> so they used them. Yeah. But the, the weird thing was the other shelves were strangely stocked, too. One shelf was nothing but Heinz ketchup, and the other shelf was nothing but Campbell's soup. This was Annette Funicello's last film. After filming was completed, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So she had a lot of fatigue during the movie, and she noticed that she just something was off, and that was the last film that she was in. And they so, were still both very attractive. Yeah. Yeah, they were adorable. Pee Wee Herman, as I mentioned, makes an appearance in the movie. Frankie and Annette actually return the favor by appearing on his TV special, Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas Special. Oh, that's So funny. if you want to see them again, they're there. Frankie's son... His real son, Frankie Avalon Jr., is spotted as one of the band members in one of the scenes. O.J. Simpson appears as a bit part as a man in the airport. And O.J. Simpson has a lot of history. But at the time, he was in a series of commercials about where he ran through the airport and he ran. He would jump over these luggage. Um, was it an American tourister? 
Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Like the uh, luggage belt kind of things? No, he'd run... Like, people would be carrying, like, a... Like a cart? Cart. Yeah. And he would run over. Well, he tripped over the luggage in this one. Oh, in this one? That's funny. So, just a couple other things. Uh, At one point, uh, I mentioned that Bob Denver from Gilligan's Island is the bartender. At one point, he gripes about he knew a guy who could build a nuclear reactor out of coconuts, but couldn't fix a two-foot hole in a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Later, the skipper shows up and tells him it's time to go on their three-hour tour. So it's kind of funny (laughs) that he pops in like that. At one point, Connie says, somebody get me a net, like A-N-E-T, and then Annette is standing right behind her, and she says, well, I didn't mean that kind of a net. That was kind of a fun fun little (laughs) That is funny. Get me a a net. (laughs) Uh So, so um, very fun series. A lot of good uh, beach party movies. The 12th one, I'd say it was trying to recreate what the original movies had, so like 20-plus years later. So it was a little sillier because in that more modern time, like the late 80s, it it didn't quite fit in, uh, but it's still fun. Our future festivities are for the week of September 7th. September 7th is Beth's birthday. That's the exciting festivity for that day. Which also is National Labor Day. September 8th is National Ampersand Day. September 9th, National Teddy Bear Day. September 10th, National Swap Ideas Day. September 11th, 9-11 Remembrance Day. Also known as Patriots Day. September 12th, National Chocolate Milkshake Day. And September 13th, National Grandparents Day. Oh, that's funny because that's the puppy's birthday. Yes, September it is. September 13th, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this year, we will, all four of us, be on vacation, although different locations, during this week. Oh, Three yeah. of us will be in New Hampshire that week, and one of us will be in the magical world of Walt Disney, Disney World. <laughs> you can always follow us on Twitter. We are at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, we are at Holiday Moons, all one word. You can find us on Facebook by searching the search bar with Holiday Moons. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page, and you can contact us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Cole, Beth, Sydney, and Randy, Happy, happy end, end of, of Summer! summer.